Thanks for listening to the Stimulate Run podcast. If you like what you hear, remember to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. If you would like to get in touch or have future guest suggestions, please make contact via email or slide into DMs on any of the social channels. Here's your host, Erwin, with this episode's guest. January has started and we're actually coming towards the end of January. Uh, we've had a bit of a ramble off air of what everybody's been up to, but it is my pleasure to introduce Road to Comrades 2023 panel. So we have Wayne, who's rejoining us again after 2022. Welcome, Wayne. Woohoo! <laughs> we Thanks, have Alex. Katrina, who some of you might have heard from the general episodes a couple of times, but um, she has put her hand up and said yes to jumping on Road to Comrades. So welcome, Katrina. Thanks, everyone. Happy to be here. And in the position of the novice, which I mentioned to him off air, is probably one of the most pressure positions on this panel. Uh, <laughs> but we know that he's well and truly capable. We have Murray. Thanks, Erwin. So, guys, as I mentioned, thanks heaps. Like this is, uh, it's going to be a fun ride. I know Wayne and I had a lot of fun going through last time. Um, you're going to get interaction with listeners coming through, um, and. To be honest, you're going to help a lot of people as well because they're going to plug you in on their long runs or their commutes to work, get them through their Monday recovery runs, um, or even when they're doing some pool work and uh, rehab. So um, thanks from them as well on behalf before we get to June. Um, what we'll do now is we'll pretty much go around the grounds and get you to do a bit of an introduction on yourself, uh, and then we'll pick up from there. So on today's episode, we're just going to find out what everybody's been up to, um, what their end of year look like, what their start of year looks like. Um, we'll speak about things qualifying, um, where you kind of should be right now or where you plan to be. And then also anything you have identified as work on areas. So if you want to get stronger, want to get faster, now's the time to identify it, start putting it into action because it's better than doing it in May because that's too late. So Enough from me. Wayne, do you want to take it away and introduce yourself? Absolutely. It's so good to be back, Owen. Thank you so much. Um, exciting again. As, as per usual, comrades, I think it's not just in my a part of me, but obviously um, uh, super excited because um, I think in uh, I'm still on a high from last comrades, uh, which is the truth. I, I just I keep thinking it can't get any better. Uh, and because I'm generally optimistic in everything I do, um, I just can't wait for Comrades. And I'm so glad that it's a short uh, turnaround. So Comrades, as we all know, is in August. And I can't believe it's, it's, it's just four months away. So I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm super excited. I'm really focused. Um, uh, believe it or not, very, very focused on, on Comrades. And I was sitting down with my wife. Um, I just got home last night. And... We couldn't believe, like, we're trying to work things out. We said, my goodness, just over 20 weeks, comrades. So um, it's seriously game time. Um, but again, just to thank all uh, previous listeners and, and, and the amount of people I've bumped into in the last three months has been phenomenal. Um, just all excited about the buzz about comrades and where we're going and wanting to know who's on the panel and who will be talking and what's going on. And I said, honestly, I don't know much. Owen, you know, Owen runs the show as such. So it's so exciting, uh, you know, to be part of the panel. And, and, and again, you know, obviously to, to see Katrina 
uh, on the panel. And it's exciting, Katrina, to have you and, and to have your input will be, I know, an absolute uh, awesome journey for, for many, many people. They definitely enjoy your knowledge and your input. Uh, and Murray, as Owen introduced you, you know, obviously, um, that's 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 an, a hot seat. We call it a hot seat because um, there's many, many people in that seat. No pressure, but um, just to your journey will will be so much um, of an eye opener to to many, many people out there. Uh, so, in as much as yeah, you could see it as a pressure cooker seat, but it's uh, it'll be an awesome ride just to take everyone on that journey um, to it. Um, and I know, obviously, I think the, the, the in-depth knowledge that you get from not just the panel, but just from just talking and sharing um, helps you a lot. So on the day itself, you'll see a lot come out of it. Um, so for me, going forward, um, I was just saying off-channel, off um, off I was basically uh, in a very, very fortunate position because um, work had offered me a, a chance to go and run. They sponsor a big marathon in Houston, in the States, and I was supposed to do it in 2020 and then obviously COVID. Um, so they come back to me um, in at the middle, just before Comrades, June, July last year, and they asked me, Wayne, do you still want to go in January? And I said, ah, absolutely, I'm there. Um, so they made a, you know, obviously got me an entry and uh, made it possible for me to go to Houston. And, um, yeah, I ran the Houston Marathon on the 15th of January, um, a couple, uh, 10 days or so ago. Um, and yeah, had an awesome run. It was a perfect day, perfect uh, weather. And um, like I said, I, I had a plan. I, I went up pretty hard, and it didn't quite happen. Um, but my, my basically plan B um, was to get under that 2:30 mark. So I was, I was quite happy to just uh, sneak in there, 2:27. Um, and I knew it. Obviously, at about 35, 36, I started to feel it, and I said, "Oh, you're paying the price." Um, so I was just happy to get that comrades qualify in the bank and done. Um, so yeah, um, basically that was the plan to get qualify out the way. Um, and essentially I'm in that place now where, um, I've been doing lots of gym work. Um, I know we've sort of got a, a, a sort of a sequence that everyone wants to touch on. And basically for my last comrades, in as much as I, I feel I had a great comrades, I didn't quite... And to all the listeners, uh, my goal was just to, to, to break that six-hour market, comrades. And obviously, I missed it by one minute. So, you know, that's um, – I wasn't – I remember clearly because everyone felt, oh, Wayne, you were the first person, uh, you know, outside six hours. And I said, no, no, I was – again, I was, I was happy uh, to get there. And obviously – and I still remember myself um, with about 12 Ks to go just coming out of Westville. Uh, saying, okay, uh, my legs are getting heavy, but I'll hang in there. Um, and as soon as I crossed the line and I uh, caught up with teammates and everyone else, um, everyone looked at me and said, what are you going to do about this? Because uh, I just, you know, obviously I'd missed that goal. And I said, no, I'm fine. I'll come back and I'll fix it up. So this is where I'm at. I'm at that point where I've, I've looked at things and I said, okay, I'm going to come back better and I'm going to come back stronger. So with the help of a few uh, very good people and a good support crew. Um, I've been in the gym working out, not to get big, but to get strong. So uh, I've been working out, uh, just, just getting strong. And I certainly, um, I've, I've always understood the down run was, was tough for me personally. I prefer the up, as many people know. Um, but you certainly get that sense of 
um, the profound respect when you're actually in it. Um, so those last 30 Ks going down, I kept saying, hang in there, why now? Hang in there, hang in there. And, uh, yeah, just to that point where the legs just said, oh, you know, they, they, I knew. I just I, I thought I'd, I had it, but obviously just not quite strong enough. So um, I know I'll come back stronger. And the point of this is, is to take everyone on the journey to how I'm going to get there. Um, so, again, I'm at that point now where I'm busy building the strength. I mean, my strength phase, um, I've, I've obviously um, just backed off running for a little while. I'll still be ticking over a few little miles, not doing anything silly. I don't have any more races, nothing planned. Uh, and then my big my build-up will start sort of mid-February. Um, but where I start getting into the real meat of things is um, I, I really start putting in the work. Sort of come March, it's, it's time to get serious. And then April and May is when we really get into the um, to the to the nuts and bolts of it. Um, but again, just to summarise it, um, I'm absolutely excited uh, to be part of this panel uh, and to share knowledge and experience and to and, and to learn. You know, we can all learn, and and, and you always you never realise how much you actually you, you learn just from from listening to others. And the effect you're having on so many others out there, uh, you know, on, at all different levels of running. Uh, the amount of people I met in the last two years was phenomenal. Um, just just to share to share that, and, and people want to know, hey, how how do you do it? How do you go? So I tell them all, listen to listen to road to comrades, and and that's where you'll get it. So yeah, super excited to be um, part of a journey, uh, and hopefully. Uh, as far as we all know, Comrades is on this year, so we're not going to have any disruptions. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, can't wait um, yeah, in the build-up to Comrades, and that's sort of where we're at, and um, super excited. You have to know how excited I am, like a kid in the candy store. Did, did we get how excited he was? <laughs> Katrina's sitting there going, I'm going next, and I'm going to try and compete with that. Like... She's got like a two-minute brief, and you're yeah. losing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "All I'm gonna say is great to start the year. It's been going for four weeks." <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, great to hear, Wayne, and I think we can tell how excited you are and keen. Like you, you live and breathe it, and I know that you know we kind of chatted like end of last year, and you possibly were like, "Oh, what else? What else is out there?" Um, but I think, yeah, the carrot was was too much uh, to go back and to go again. So we're glad to have you. Um, I think the race is glad to have you as well. Um, and I know awesome. the public are as well too. So glad you chose to go this way and maybe for a few more. So I don't think... Absolutely. Onwards um, and upwards. I did realise though, Katrina's also a, a novice. She's a downrun novice. Um, yes. So technically, yeah, you guys are in the same kind of camp. So... Um, well, we may as well go there now. So, Katrina, do you want to try and uh, follow that up? Yes. At least this isn't a competition, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, Erwin. And, uh, Wayne, I do share your enthusiasm and excitement in the lead-up to the race. I'm very, very excited to be taking part in Comrades this year. Um, I know, Erwin, we mentioned briefly the last time we chatted before Christmas that I was really disappointed to miss out on 2022. Um, it clashed with the World Championship 100K, which was on literally the day before. 
and it was a very difficult decision for me to make at the time because it was my heart was saying comrades and my head was saying world championships and and represent my country so um I'm absolutely delighted that I you know don't have any tough decisions like that to make this year and I can absolutely go for it um yeah, as you said, it, I, I feel like a bit of a novice. I mean, I've run it once um, and I had a great, I was very lucky to have a very, you know, good first run in 2019 when I ran it. And thanks to Wayne, who pulled me up the last of Polly Shorts and uh, <laughs> gave me the last positive words at the time. Um, I hope that I won't be in the same state <laughs> with my meeting this year. <laughs> I hope my legs don't give out and actually that for me is going to be my biggest learning and the area that I want to really you know try and work on and um, improve between now and June um, is the strength and like you know my nutrition strategy and thinking through um, I had very severe cramps in 2019 it was my first run or my first like race longer than 50k so it was probably a shock to the system but also I guess I probably underestimated the level of you know the the hills and how much that ticks out of your body and actually when you'll probably recall as well in 2019 it got a bit hot towards the end of the race so you know maybe that played um, a part maybe it didn't I'm not too sure but that's something that I'm going to try and fix um so you know at the moment I'm um well, now that we've established that I have a qualifying standard, <laughs> I think, <laughs> which we just did off air, um, I think I, um, well, at the moment I'm, I'm, I'm kind of focusing on my first 100 mile race, which is the Tarawira Ultra Marathon in a couple of weeks time. Um, I kind of entered it as a, as a last minute race, which I mean, if you're listening, you're probably thinking it's a bit crazy. And to be honest, I think it could be crazy myself. But um, <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, give it a go, see how how I get on and um, afterwards recover and um, get back to a bit of more short distance stuff, get the speed back on my legs, try and I won't race a marathon, but I'll probably try and do a little bit of marathon training for a couple of weeks where I, you know, get that spring back. And also, you know, yourself, like it's it's nice to change it up and like maybe do a little bit of the shorter distance training for a while just to take the monotony out of you know the longer stuff um I'll probably start increasing the the distance and the length of time of the longer runs from April onwards and then you know closer to the the race I'll I'll um I'll, I'll taper down and prepare but um built into all of that program will clearly be gym work and um when I'm keen to learn from your experience on what your tips for the down run are and um, I'm certainly excited to be on this panel because I think I'm going to learn a lot myself both from you and um, from Murray who uh, I think will be on this journey together a little bit Murray so um, it'd be good to to be on it with you and uh, hopefully you know as I said get, get some information along the way. Absolutely. Yeah I quickly forgot that you guys spent some time together. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, it wasn't it wasn't um, pleasant for me. I think, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i picked up a, i saw an like an, an old picture and somebody because i had a few little pictures come out and i picked the old one up and I, if, if you see this picture katina's face tells a, a big story uh you, you know just that basically when you look at her face it's like just leave me alone don't talk to me <laughs> who is the strangest guy trying to like tell me it's fine he doesn't know what my legs are and there's a lady on a bike looking at Katrina saying, this guy's an angel. Look at him telling you. <laughs> but I can see Katrina's like, 
I won't have any of that. <laughs> I'm suffering. <laughs> no, All right, Murray, I think we've, we've eased you in. Yeah, thanks, Erwin. Actually, Katrina, just listening to you talk, it reminded me that I think I actually watched that comrades where you, your first comrades when you were running up Polly Shorts. And from the perspective of a viewer, it was actually quite inspiring to see you, to see you tackle it. So uh, thank you. Uh, that, that's, I didn't know you at the time, but it just came back to me listening to you talk. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really impressive. Um, so thanks for the invitation to be on this podcast, Erwin. I, I didn't know I was in the hot seat until you mentioned it earlier, but you know, here <laughs> I am. Um, in terms of my running background, uh, I suppose I've run it throughout my life one way or another, but when I moved to Perth about nine years ago, I started to fall in with the running scene here and started to run in a more structured way and start to focus a bit more on events. Um, you know, ran a few half marathons, then tackled a few marathons and started to think that perhaps I could do something longer. And that's one side of it. The other is, as I think you also mentioned earlier, when I do have a sort of background in the comrades in the sense that I grew up in Durban and you know, grew up with the event in a, in a sense. So my dad ran it seven times. I've got a, an early childhood memory of my mom taking, waking me up to see the runners go up the freeway on an uprun. And uh, I suppose putting those two things together I uh, began to think that, well, if I'm ever going to do comrades, you know, now's the time. Um, especially, I had started to think of it just before the pandemic, but, it, you know, it wasn't possible. Um, but, uh, you know, I really think that it's sort of now and ever at this point. Um, I do feel I'm in quite illustrious running company here, listening to Wayne and, and Katrina talk. Um, so, as far as my running is concerned, I've run under 90 minutes in a half marathon, under three and a half hours in a marathon. So I think for me and the comrades, a great outcome would be under nine hours, um, but under 10 hours would also be good. And to be honest, first, first comrades, first attempt at that sort of distance, just finishing it without too much trauma would be a, would be a great outcome too. So I am a, I'm a bit daunted, both by my, my novice status on this podcast and tackling the comrades for the first time. Um, so I, I don't know if I quite have achieved Wayne's levels of excitement yet, um, but I, I, do have, I do have some enthusiasm. Um, and in terms of where I am in my, my running, um, I think we discussed this a bit earlier, but, you know, 1st of January arrived and thought, oh, I've got to start thinking about comrades now, you know, it's comrades year. And then I listened to an earlier iteration of this podcast with um, you, Erwin and Wayne, and I, I heard Wayne say there that actually January is not the time where you have to start doing serious training it's later on. And I was really relieved to hear that. So at the moment, I'm just, you know, I do have a structure I'm running to, but it's really laying a foundation for what I still need to do in the months ahead. And uh, in those months ahead, you know, the sort of things I'm thinking about are firstly the greater volume of running to tackle the distance in comrades. The longest event I've done is 47 kilometers. This is the six inch trail marathon, which happens annually in, in Perth. Um, and then also the hills. Um, I grew up in Durban. I was one stage used to running on hills, but not so much now living in Perth, which is generally quite a flat city. And then also just some of the challenges involved in running that distance. I think Katrina mentioned nutrition earlier, for example. So that's something I'll be thinking about in the months ahead too. While we have you, um, well, I'm well and truly going to throw a bit of the agenda out here. Um, but have you given yourself some non-negotiables? So, like, have you said to yourself, right, I want to run this many ultras, this many marathons, you know, have there been things, so not the points, like I mentioned at the start, that you want to kind of focus on, like speed or strength, 
but have you said to yourself what your training you want it to look like? So, you know, you do you want to run a couple of 50s or what are you what are you looking for when they pin them down to say, I need to and want to do this? Sure. Um, you mean just in this period leading up to comrades? Yeah, like have you given yeah. yourself some real focus points that you want to tick off as confidence boosters? Yeah, so um, I have sort of put together a program, but it's still pretty flexible. And I'm still talking a lot to people. And um, we're quite lucky in Perth that we've got a comrades, dedicated comrades training group here. Yeah. And they're currently, I think, 30 people who've said mm. they're going to do comrades this year. So there's a quite substantial numbers. And there's a lot of experience to draw on there. Um, in fact, when I was talking to someone last week as part of that group, and they asked me who motivated me to run comrades. And there have been a few people, but I, you mentioned I mentioned your name as someone who's, who'd sort of encouraged me. And his response was, well, you know, 70K is in, you're going to hate Erwin. <laughs> <laughs> but later, later, you'll be grateful to him. So, you know, there you go. Um, looking at, um, I, I suppose the main non-negotiable is just um, like looking last year, I see the comrades group that call themselves the C team in Perth did a 60, 65K run at one point. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'd like to obviously stretch out to those distances just to feel what it's like and to give myself a bit of confidence going into the event. Yep, cool. I suppose on those lines, let's jump back uh, to Wayne. Do you want to kind of answer the same question before we get to focus points? Like, is there something that you've identified that for your confidence boosters you want to tick off? Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said earlier, I'm in that strength phase. So, I definitely, um, that's that's something when I ran uh, in Houston a couple of weeks ago now, I could feel in that first um, hour and a half, two hours that, um, when, I'll, I'll put it the other way around, when I finished the event, because my wife's my biggest critic and she wasn't with me. And she said to me, what happened? Because she was tracking me the whole way. She said, what happened? You weren't right on, because I had a halfway target. So I said, yep, 72 minutes, I'll be there halfway, yep. So I got to all the points. I said, what happened? So I said, okay, okay, yeah, this is where, and I broke it down, is that in my build-up to, to my qualifier two weeks ago, I did no heel work at all. But we did that purposely. We, it was an experiment. Um, and last year in my build-up, two comrades, I remember doing an, a, a, an amazing build-up of all this heel work that was incorporated into it. And when I'd run the Gold Coast Marathon, for example, um, because I, was, I obviously had a, a pacing group with me uh, on 225, we basically did that the whole way. But the strength work that I had in there, it felt super easy. That that marathon was super easy. Whereas on Sunday, I was hitting myself at you know you know at that 35k mark. I'm saying you should have done some sort of heel work. Uh, you know, I should have incorporated something into it. Now, because I didn't put that in this particular plan, um, that's sort of where it sort of fell apart. Um, so the exciting part was, or, or back to my point with my wife, was I said, okay, love, that's what I didn't do. So that's what's exciting going forward into Comrades. I know that when it's time to incorporate it into it, um, that's a game changer. Trust me. Um, this is what I learned from, from Don Wallace is that um, – Heel work is like, it's like cheating. Heel work is like cheating. And it's a mongrel. You hate it, but it's it's like it's like just cheating. It's, it's free stuff. And you hate it, 
but you fall in love with it. You know, and I, I know without sounding too corny, um, when you start your heel work phase, it's tough. But once you build into it and you get, can feel yourself getting fit and you start to go back onto the flat surfaces and you start chewing it up, you go, my goodness, this is, this is amazing. So that's why I've started to fall in love with heel work. So in coming back to the question and my focus will be, um, we switch particularly to running. Something I never did in the past was downhill running. So I've done a lot of uphill, but not downhill. And when I incorporated the downhill stuff and, and, and got those quads tenderized, um, obviously what didn't work this year was that I didn't do enough as much as I should have. And that's what cost me a bit in the end. But that's what I'm so excited about is to fix that. The combination of being in the gym and strengthening and incorporating both the heel work in both directions. Um, that's my pure focus. And and I know with what I've done in the lead up to it, um, that's what's got me so excited is that I can feel the strength part of it uh, definitely taking its place. I try and tell as many people as I can that um, comrades is like, it's like falling in love. You know, when you fall in love with something, you know, it's there, you can feel it. You don't want to lose that. You've got to keep the fire burning. You've got to keep it. And it's like to stay in love with it and to see that romance blossom. And with, again, without sounding too corny, um, you've got to see games. So so I see it this way. Let's say if, if you have a horrible comrade to start and things just get better, man, you, you just want more. You just want more. It's the way I feel about my wife. I love her so much because... You know, I look after, I nurture, and I make sure that she's taken care of. And essentially, that's where I'm at with comrades because I've had this progression. And I feel that when, you know, the, the secret to, to learning, hey, hey, how do I tackle this hill? How do I approach this? How do I, when you talk to these guys who've done it on that serious level, like Bruce Fordyce, all these serious runners, and when you talk to all these serious, athletes who've been there and they tell you hey you need to work on this and that in specific and when you see the games coming and i swear to you that's what's got me so motivated that even whilst i was running comrades i remember going this is the first time it's happened to me and i'm you know in the 10 comrades i've done it's my first time getting to to 60 70 k's and i felt fresh i feel like i'm like what's going on yeah something's not right you shouldn't feel like this but obviously that came too soon because another 10, 15 down the track, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that. I'm going, oh, what's going on now? So that's the part that's, that's so important is that you learn where your weaknesses are. And that's what I've learned is obviously my weaknesses lie. <laughs> my downhill running is atrocious. So I'm working on that. And my focus is on improving the strength, improving. I know the endurance is there. I know that side is right. I've, I've got a great nutrition plan, um, which which I've honed over the years and worked. I've never had a problem with nutrition, so it's worked beautifully. Um, so that's my weakness. And my focus for this year is getting the strength right, um, and, and especially in that downhill running, um, just so that I can take the pounding and essentially, uh, you know, come on the other side and say, you know, that's sort of where we are. So kind of long story short, <laughs> Stay in love with it and find what what needs to be worked on, and that that's where I'm at. 
Wayne, so, can I ask a question? Sorry, when you say sure. when you refer to hill work that you're, you know, when you, you say you have to work on your hill work, do you mean hill reps or do you mean just going out and doing a long run on a very hilly loop? Ah, sorry, hill reps. I, I was going to so, ask the same question, by the way. So <laughs> okay, yeah. and what would that, a, what would a typical like hill like? Do you do long reps or short reps or like what is your hill workout that you're referring to? Okay, so my initial reps are when I get into hill work. My initial ones are only three, four hundred meters long, so up and down. So I'll pick an incline. I generally know exactly the sort of inclines that I'm working on. However, so yes, where I share my with everyone, they go what? The secret thing, it's not just running up the hill, Katrina, and running down the hill. So I do what they call bounding. So bounding, so when you bound up the hill, and this are, this is, again, where Don taught me, this this is where the actual, um, the leaps came in, uh, the strength came in leaps and bounds. So my bounding, Katrina, is about springing up the hill. So I don't run up the hill, I bound okay. up the hill. Okay, and I, so I you're on I swear, toes. I'm on my toes, but I swear to you, Katrina, you do 400 meters of that, and you're cooked by the time you get to the top. Come back down. So initially, I'll do five to six of those. But by the end of of like a six-week block, um, I'm essentially doing 10, and I'm flying up them. So, my okay, my heel sessions will be like that. However, when I get to the meaty end, so when I'm approaching, when I'm coming into April and I'm really into my heel, heel rep works, um, I'm obviously, you know, running for a kilometer up coming and down the same way. So you, you get up and you recover, you're coming down and you recover. Um, the longer runs, all the longer runs that we do will always be undulating. There's no flat stuff. So we need the undulations. Um, so again, when I talk about my heel work, I'm talking about specifically springing and bounding uh, type of thing. So the springing and bounding, what that does is it develops the core strength that you need but obviously, um, functional strength is all, all comes from that. Um, okay. Obviously, your downhill, I, I use that, to, and I'm more focused on form because my problem was running downhill. Uh, you know, I used to run with the handbrake up, so I was pounding. And, and until I, I learned again how to – that's something I had to learn, Katrina, is downhill running is, is specific. It's not about – you've got to let it go. You've got to, again, fall in love with downhill running, and I, I didn't like downhill running which is the truth. So, yeah, so that was my hill work, was interval work, uh, in particular springing and bounding. Very important. Okay, and one other question, sorry, Erwin. To, to, uh, no, no, go for it. But I'm just really interested in this because when you say, you know, when you're down, sorry, when you're running down to the bottom after you've bounded up, is that like really just recovery, easy jog down the hill, or are you running down that hill like as if you're running in a race? Or, you know, like is it is the run, is the down like part of the workout and recover at the bottom before? next so let, rep so let's put it that way the first phase that i do which is the first couple of weeks is purely recovery however by the time i get into april and may i'm specifically striding down the hill so i'm, okay. I'm using yeah so i'm not i feel like um as i'm told in that first section when i start doing them you're not strong enough to take that on yet so you don't want you're not ready for that but as you build the strength the strength will come from the springing and bounding then you need to focus specific form on downhill running, which comes uh, with that. Okay, thank you. Very, you. very informative. Yeah. Wayne, while well, we think... have you, can, can I just ask a quick follow-up question too on a slightly mm -hmm. different issue? Sure. You mentioned, and actually, Katrina, I'm sure you have something to say about this too. 
you mentioned nutrition. I mean, how for someone like me, as the novice runner who hasn't run much past a marathon, how does it differ when you get into ultra marathons managing nutrition? Okay, so this again, uh, for me, you know, in the past I bonked, right? So I know what it's like to bonk. So obviously, you know, you get it all wrong. So it takes time to come together. So what it is, I had to learn what my specific intake was, what I needed. Like I could tell you, in a marathon, taking five gels is more than enough. <laughs> Whereas the guy next to me, he takes two, and he's, he that that works for him, you know. So obviously, what works for me may not work for you. So very important to get that right. So what I've learned over time, without boring you or getting uh, too detailed, is I had to learn specifically what works and what doesn't work. I had to learn exactly how many calories I needed per hour to sustain me. And I had to learn the difference between, a lot of people think, oh, it's just about taking in carbs. But I had to learn the difference between getting carbs in, but also getting electrolytes into me as well. So it's a fine balance between the two and essentially knowing how to get it right. Like Katrina will tell you, um, you know, in her quest, in her first comrades, if, if she could go back and say, hey, how could I do things differently? It'd be interesting to hear what her strategy would be towards compensating and fixing up that, that you, you know, because I remember telling me, cardiovascularly, I'm fine, Wayne. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> I'm just cramping. So that tells me that, you know, obviously something happened prior to that. And that's happened to me before too. So to that point is that very important to find out what works. Um, I'm not going to say to you, Murray, take X amount um, of carbs, um, you know, obviously take this specific uh, type of gel, take this specific type of. So it's very important that you, you learn what works for you. Try it out in all those long runs. And again, the science behind it, I'm what they call a fat burner. So, uh, you know, I've learned the art of fat burning. Uh, and as a result, it's it improved my my overall performance. So, so obviously, um, I don't need to take as much as other people like i'll be running next to a block and he'd be smashing all this nutrition i'm going wow you know um so yeah it's just it's just an interesting dynamic that takes time to, to get your head around and i hope that helps yeah murray it is obviously very personal or individual as 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 wayne said but the the australian sports institute have a have a publication on it where they recommend one gram of carbs per kilogram of body weight per hour now that's very you know that's your very generic um i suppose information that obviously does need to be tailored per person but it's a, probably a good place to start so if you use that kind of basic um starting point and play around with it in training and see what's working for you um i think in my 2019 marathon i missed the first water bottle um, with the carb drink in it so I didn't actually get any nutrition into me at all I didn't even have a backup gel with me so I had nothing until 20k or something so I think that was probably in hindsight my downfall but look these things happen on race day and you need to just like roll with it you can't obsess yeah. too much but I, I'll definitely have a backup strategy I think for this one and I think Mario I'll, I'll come in with the big stick here um, <laughs> you, you kind of and I like I speak to every time I meet someone who's going to comrades, like I kind of, we go hard with questions, right? This might be on a run. And I think some people leave going, oh boy, like 
you know, what on earth have I been doing? Same with the marathon. There's people that go into marathons. They might be as prepared physically, but they're giving themselves no chance when it comes to nutrition. And they just destroy their opportunity to run a fast marathon just simply because they've overlooked it or they have just gone with what their mate told them. All right. And the question I ask you is, how important is this to you? And I say this for every facet. If you're injured, how important is it to you? To prevent injury, how important is it to you? You know, a massage, people go, oh, it's a bit pricey. Yeah, it would be, but it's going to save you possibly eight weeks of injury, which is going to be a lot more expensive if you go into the physio a few times, right? One massage is going to save you. Now, I reached out a couple of years ago to a sports dietitian, and it made a world of difference with my running. I can tell you right now, the gains in my times, yeah, it comes down to the training side, but it also comes down to how you're fueling, not just even in training. It's the fueling outside of training that is the most important facet to get you up. You're going to be getting to the point where, you know, if you're trying to run a sub nine to 10 hour comrades, you're going to be doing 100K weeks on the regular. That doesn't come down to how you're physically recovering. And how that, what helps you there is what you put in your mouth. Um, I know for me, Katrina, great guide. So for me, 80 grams of carbs per hour. And you get to the point where gels are coming out of your eyes. I remember <laughs> when I first, after seeing David, the first half marathon I did, I was like, there's no way I can possibly take this much in, in an hour and 40 minutes. But by practice, that first time you do it, you're like, oh, this is sickly. But your body adapts and you need to go through that discomfort early for your body to adapt and find out what works for you. You know, some people can take a liquid substance. Some people can take the gel. They need real food. You really have, I'm going to say it, you've got three months to sort that out. You don't have from January to June. You've got until March because by March, you want to have that locked in. And it might sound extreme right now, but by March, you are turnkey go on what you're going to be, what is safe for you, what's comfortable for you, and what you're <laughs> going to be having going forward. Because you don't want to be going, oh, I'm going to do 65Ks this week. Let's just potluck what type of gels are going to work for me. No, no. That 65Ks is to tick the box and go, oh, well, comrades ready. Everything works. All my gear's right. All my gels are right. Nutrition's right. Bang. Let's go. All right. That's what you're going to be doing here. So, now is the time to experiment, as Katrina said. Try everything and anything. There's going to be some Sundays where you go, oh, that is not the type of gel I need. Get rid of it. You might need to take some water with it. Well, you're going to learn the hard way when you're throwing it up 40 minutes into, you know, after taking it. Um, but I can't emphasize enough that just by speaking to an expert is going to save you a lot of trouble because... Mm -hmm. They're not trying to sell you anything. And what you might find, they're going to strip it right down. So the biggest ones for me is that I wasn't actually eating enough even during the day. Like hmm. if I was doing a double, like a 30-minute in the morning, and then I had a VO2 session on a Tuesday afternoon, I wasn't eating enough to get up for that VO2 session. The so energy. Getting there, mm -hmm. Exactly. Halfway through the session, I'm going, oh, boy, I'm in a world of hurt here. It wasn't physically. It was because I hadn't put enough in. And then as soon as you finish that session on the drive home, get a shake in or have something prepared. And then as soon as you walk in, dinner, bang, because your recovery is starting the minute you take those shoes off, right? And it's not just your physical recovery. 
it's your nutrition. And because you're going again Wednesday morning, there's going to be days, Murray, where you're doing a Tuesday afternoon session. Wednesday morning, you're out the door 5.30 in the morning to do 90 minutes. Now, you know, you're not going to be able to do that for a sustainable period of time if you're not putting the right stuff in. So, yeah, that's... Uh, to use a bad analogy, you, you don't try and drive your car with an empty tank of fuel or no oil in it, so no. <laughs> we're no. the same. Absolutely. And I sub go, go easy on yourself too. Like, you hear of so many people who get really extreme or weighing things and and you sit there and you go you literally did 40ks this morning on a sunday sunday is a license to just yes. absolutely fill up and refuel if you're getting in the car driving somewhere take a snack there's going to be times where you're going to be sitting at the lights going oh i'm craving salt right now because that's what's going to happen if you've never been here before so pre-prepare um, always get teased at work for having a giant lunchbox or a bag. But that's because you've got everything covered. If you go home with food, but so be it. But you don't want to be sitting there at 3 p.m. in the afternoon going, oh, I don't have anything. I need to grab something. I've got 2400s in an hour. What am yeah. I going to do? That's yeah. when you know you're in strife, right? You know, you know, it's another interesting one, guys. I'll just throw this in. Um, I'm fortunate this year, in the last couple of months, I've got a real good training partner. I always struggle finding training partners, uh, you know, guys. It's, it's been no secret. Just, you know, people who can run long, just long, easy runs. Because a lot of people like that where I live, they all like the speed, like 5Ks and like faster stuff. So to find a, a good training partner who liked longer stuff was tough. Um, I've managed to find an awesome training partner. Uh, his name is Benny, but he, anyway, I won't go into too much. But, but well, I like Benny, and again, Benny's just my training partner. But I, I, I always talk about it because it's exciting. Benny is is the kind of guy where he, he'll say to me, "Wayne, I'll, I'll I'll train with you if you don't mind someone different." I say, "Oh yeah, that's cool." So what he likes, the type of things he likes doing is like he'll say, "Okay, today we're not wearing watches, we're not wearing heart rate monitors, um, and we're going to feel." I said. Man, that sounds good. So we chuck the watch away. No heart rate monitor. Obviously, we've got some, you know, drinks and that on us. And I tell you what, just, you know, at first it, it spins you because you get so used to the watch and the heart rate monitor. And we'll go for, uh, you know, um, so we'll go out. Uh, we know it's about, you know, 15K and come back. Um, and along that, yeah, we get halfway, say, okay, yep, we'll stop, have a drink, blah, 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 and come back. And then we obviously know what time we left. And when we come back, because we're going to feel, you know, we're chatting the whole way. And when we come back, we go, oh my goodness. So I look, I said, Benny, we've been, we've been moving, you know? And he says, yeah, you see, that's what feel is. Because too many people get worried, you know, about, you know, I've got to go a certain pace, do this and that. Whereas it's so important at times to, to play along, like, you know, don't take on too much when you, when you need it. And, that, and that's what I like about this particular partner that I've met, Ben, is that, he sort of has that feel for things, and he's taught me a lot about that, which has been real good. Um, interesting that you mentioned, Owen, you know, I don't, again, on Strava, I'm not too often on there, but then when you go on, you have a look. Uh, it's interesting to see because, you know, a lot of people are in the same group and doing comrades. And at this early stage, because it's the 1st of January, and I know I'm sort of mixing it up, but just to see how many people are chucking in all the miles and, you know, because I've met a few people who say to me, Oi, why aren't you training? And I said, no, 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 it's, you know, it's important to know when, 
you know, when you want to peak. So, uh, you know, just watching that dynamic with people saying it's the 1st of January, get in and smash it. So, um, yeah, very important that you obviously just get yourself ready at the right time and period, you know, periodize it and, and make sure you, you get there at that ah, right time. I was just, that was the word I was going to use, right? So that was my next point. Katrina's sitting there going, as soon as she had Strava, she's like, zone out. Um, but so the big one on the heels with, is you've got to periodize your plan, right? So while you were going, talking their way, and I was like, well, let's break this down for people who are sitting at home who aren't, don't have someone writing their program or have never done this before or written a program for themselves. So I haven't worked out how many weeks, but let's say Comrades is 30 weeks away, all right? You're not literally sitting there week one going, okay, we're doing week one heels. That's all we're doing. We're going to belt ourselves on heels three days a week for our sessions, easy runs, long runs outside of it. No, that like... Same with the marathon, you periodize what you're doing, right? So while you were going, I was talking, your first 10 weeks are your foundations. It's when you're introducing, you're building a base, really. So a wise runner we actually had on here previously said, January, February is when you build your base. January, February, March isn't when you make your comrades, but when you can break it, okay? And we're going to see it, people come March, either they're going to be mentally sick and tired of running, or they're going to be physically sick and tired of running because they've just been going hard from January. That's why I have little tests in between. You might do a 10K end of January, do a half marathon end of March, you know, run a training marathon in April. And it gives you things to focus towards. But when it comes to hills, you know, give yourself a 10-week block. So you could be doing a 10-week block now, part of the foundations, and going, right, we're going to prepare our bodies for hills when they really get serious in that third 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 let's say um so right now you'd be going okay if my sessions are currently tuesday thursday saturday on tuesday we're going to take out the vo2 session and we're going to just do some short sharp heel reps right we're going to just do 30 seconds 30 seconds up even walk down if that's what it needs to be because you're introducing yourself into it thursdays instead of doing your thresholds and tempos on pancake flat do them over um undulations so it just gives you a bit of an increase in stimulus. There's heels in there. Your paces might be slower, but remember, you're doing this to feel because you're preparing yourself on how to do that. And then your other runs, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday, your easy runs, you know, if you want to take them up a notch and throw in a little bit of a hilly route, do so, or make them dead flat. That can be your nice, easy, flat recovery run because you're doing Tuesday, Thursday. And then if you do a Saturday session, you know, that can also just be a flat, uh, again, tempo threshold. Sunday's your long run. So it's your bread and butter. That's when you start going, okay, let's have a look around now in January, February, what type of elevation we're going to need. And if you're doing 90 minutes to two hours now, then let's say you start mixing it up a bit. So no longer river loops or uh, beachfront loops. Let's start on the beachfront or the river, but let's duck into the suburbs for 15 to 20 minutes of the 90. And then we come back because you know, come uh, April, May, you're not going to be on the beachfront at all. You're going to be out there for the whole three hours. But doing it once a week on a Sunday, you know, you see people doing flat runs all week and then on Sunday go do a long run in the hills. It's not going to do it. There's no stimulus there at all. Hmm. You know, you, the, you know, that's why you do the eight to 10 weeks because the eight to 10 week block creates a stimulus. And then in the second 10, you come down. So on Tuesday, instead of becoming heel reps, becomes flat VO2. So you might do 400s or do monofartleks or 800s, K reps, but you're doing them flat because you're generating speed. 
because come end of March, speed play is gone. It's not coming back until July, August. And then, and I'm rambling a bit, but you're then going to come back into the hills, right? And from, let's say, 12 weeks out, hills what you're going to be eating for breakfast for about five, six weeks. And your Tuesday night is going to be tough hill sessions. Um, I know Bruce Ford, I spoke about when they used to do 800 reps up the hill. But it's not absolutely belting that hill. It's learning to run that hill in a comfortable state. So, you know, Katrina, Wayne, you guys ran hills like Polly Shorts. You didn't run that like a Tuesday night hill rep session. You're running it knowing that, you know, you're pretty close. The heart rate's revving. But because you did heels in the lead up, it's about being comfortable. So relaxing your shoulders and those type of things. That doesn't just happen on race day. That happens because you did eight weeks worth of it. And come race day, you were like, oh, we're on the hill. Relax. Drop your shoulders. Relax your hands. That kind of thing. You're preparing yourself for when it gets real. All right. And you need to create the stimulus, but do it in blocks. Because you see too many people going, oh, we do heels once a week. So come race day, we're going to be sweet. Well, doesn't work that way. I can tell you right now. Um, there's people that learned the hard ways. You need to, for a block of work, create the stimulus, but then also come off that block and do some other things as well. So, um, yeah, and Erwin, yeah. You, I think you make a really good point about, um, you know, I think as runners, we tend to focus too much on splits. And, and even Wayne, what you're saying, I love your comment, but you just don't bother wearing the watch some days because at the end of the day we run because we love running and we get real enjoyment out of running but there is a huge <laughs> tendency to focus on splits because really as runners that's kind of what we have to look at we look at our splits and we think right well I'm running well or I'm running badly based on my splits and if I choose a flat course and I'm faster splits then I'm going really well and if I you know choose a hilly course I mustn't be you know you kind of lie to yourself somehow and tell yourself that you're going slowly but at the end of the day it's stimulus and it's it's with one goal in mind and that's the, you know the 11th of june so um i think it's really important to just keep that in mind when you are choosing that horribly hilly route that you'd probably prefer to avoid <laughs> but we all feel like that and you know we kind of have to remind ourselves and force ourselves to do it and and that's where you'll get the gains at the end and i think you know it and it is hard because like you said if you're used to doing 400s on a Tuesday and then you get this new program or you program it yourself and the following Tuesday says, okay, you're doing one minute hill reps in your mind, you're going to say, I'm going to go belt that one minute as hard as I can because you're used to that on a Tuesday doing the 400 hard. But what you actually need to say is, well, this is to feel. So this should be about a seven to eight out of 10 out of feel because I should be able to do about 10 of these. And you're getting that stimulus. But what you probably find is runners go, I'm going to absolutely go VO2 max this hill. And come the sixth rep, they're sitting there going, oh, I'm cooked. I've been 11 out of 10 for feel. Um, and it's discipline, right? That's what. And the Comrades is a race about discipline. Because if you go too hard too early, it's going to bite you um, at some stage in that race. So in a way... You're almost teaching yourself to start being disciplined now because come race day, you're going to get rewarded for those acts of discipline that you've had all the way from January to June. Mm-hmm. All right, Katrina, awesome, we haven't got to you yet. And what you... I forgot the question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was thinking this. <laughs> so 
what have you identified that you want to pretty much work on uh, from now towards comrades? So I think one for me is definitely the gym, um, gym work. And look, it's something that I have to admit I have been wanting to refocus on for a while, not just because of comrades, but in general because of, you know, the benefits for injury prevention and for, you know, strength and even in a way, you know, keeping weight under control and things like that. Like, I just really want to focus on getting a very structured gym work and go regularly my twice or three times a week. I think it's going to benefit everything. And I think it's definitely going to benefit. Um, it will definitely benefit comrades because you, you need like very strong legs for those, you know, descents. And uh, I certainly want to, I, I want to work. I think that will be my focus. Yeah. And, and I'm going to keep it simple and just stick to one because I'm more likely to do it. I know this is not like your first rodeo running wise and competing but because you were so close last time around but that was the benefit you got a control mechanism you're not really uh, looking at what other people are doing but my question is how much attention do you pay to what other people are doing um that just yeah zero um it really uh, like i i actively try not to worry too much um at the end of the day I'm going to race the best race that I can race in comrades. And if that leaves me in a good position at the end of it, which I really hope it does, I'll be delighted. But, um, you know, I'm not saying it's a time trial because clearly it's not. And it's a very on race day. It's going to be very tactical. It's I think it's pretty loaded this year, as it always is anyway. And, um, you know, there is going to be very talented or the, sorry, there will be very talented girls there. So, um I it's it's January. I am not going to obsess about what everyone else is doing for the next six months. I would be in a mental hospital somewhere. Um, I'm going to focus on the controllables. I'll do what I can do. Um, I have other things going on outside of running, and I'll need to just try and fit all that in as well. And um, I'm 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 really not going to start putting pressure on myself six months away from a race. Um, I'm going to enjoy. I always am a very big fan of enjoying the process and. Mm -hmm. um, focusing on that and and remembering the fundamental reason why I run is to enjoy it and I'm not going to take the enjoyment out of it by trying to overly focus on the you know the outcome of the race in June although I definitely have you know very lofty expectations of myself um that that will come closer to the time I think good diplomatic answer we'll, we'll <laughs> peel away at that as we go here um we'll go just one question but I've always been intrigued in a marathon, I suppose you turn up and go, okay, she's gone. I've kind of got to go. I've got to go with her. If I blow up, such is life. All right. And race like comrades post, like pretty much is different where you go, oh, she's gone. I'm not going. It's pretty much up to, she's going to blow up or good on her. She's gone ahead and she's won the race from last time to this time. Now do you almost, and I know it's a while out, so we'll probably get a better answer as the months go, but do you also say, actually i've got to go with her because and then it comes down to whoever's going to hold on the longest yeah i mean it's a really good question because there's a couple of answers to it and it's really it's it's i feel like um it's it comes down to strategy right and it comes down to how you're feeling on the day and what your gut instinct is telling you um and i think it's always important to listen to your gut when you're racing as well because 
you need to make very quick calls because if you decide to go with her, you have to go. You can't decide 10 minutes later, shit, I should have gone with her because it's too late, you know, and you're mm. not going to try and catch up. Or if you do try and catch up that 10 minutes in a short period of time when your race is over then. So um, I think, you know, yes, it will like, uh, and again, it's easier to race with the people you're, sorry, run with the people you're racing against. So if I'm running in a group of girls that I want to beat, it's easier because you're with them and you know it's all about whoever can hold on the longest versus when you're way back the road and you're trying to get time updates and you're trying to close gaps and um or you know alternatively you're way out you know you're out ahead of someone that's coming up behind you and you're like you know how much time can I hemorrhage before I'm going to get caught here um so it's a tricky one I think I think I'll probably like in a in an ideal world be fit enough to go with people and to race with with um you know if if someone makes a move that I can go with that move and that's hopefully where I'll be on race day um but I'll probably make a judgment based on my level of fitness how training has gone how I feel and how like I suppose I'll try and make a call on how strong I feel that the opposition is on the day and whether or not it's a suicide mission to go with that person or to um to you know run my own race so like I know that's not answering your question at all I've yeah. probably given you every scenario we'll but, come back to um, it in May don't worry yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it is it's one of those kind of tricky ones where it's certainly it's just a judgment of the split second decision and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't so you know you gotta just like hope for the best and and you know try and make the right call when it comes up and I think the thing also is that there's so much emphasis in the lead up to comrades thrown on somebody's marathon time. You know, it's like, what's your marathon time? What's your, and they do this, the equations, time two and a half, times two, the quicker you go. And people just get lulled into this fond, the false sense of reality at some point. Because also, if you've never done the race, it means nothing. Most people yeah. never run after standard marathon distance. They might yeah, have there's no statistic. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, Wayne, what is your what is your best time for your uh say your up run for example uh the 621 the same one right yeah so and you can run like a 227 marathon on a bad day yeah (laughs) yes so like my best comrades time in 2019 was to 624 and my marathon pb is 636 Sorry, no, at 236. Three, sorry, 236, sorry. Yeah. 236, like, yeah. The point is that it's like way slower than yours, like substantially. So you can't apply any mathematical equation. I certainly don't agree that you can apply any mathematical equation to a marathon time <laughs> to extrapolate out to an ultra run. I just feel like there's way too many variables for an ultra. I think, yeah, possibly for the shorter distances, like you can possibly extrapolate out a 5K to a 10K or even a half marathon to a marathon. But I think I just think there's too much happening between that marathon distance and the real ultra running spot on look on the day katrina it's whoever's well one mentally has got it but obviously you've got to be strong there's a lot of variables like you said you know a combination of your strength your your mental capacity your nutrition you've got to get everything right uh, you know obviously yeah if you've got a quick time yeah that but that's again we've we've, we've been on this road 
a few times before oh, we've we been saved. down this rabbit hole before, Wayne. Don't worry. I, I was about to say, Katrina, you're opening up a can <laughs> later. No, it's just no, it's that's the calculators okay. that kind of get us, and we've spoken about previously. You know, where it's a guy. Some people never run over 50k, and they come in yeah. going, "Oh, this is my marathon time, so times two and a half is my comrade's time, and that's what's going to happen." And you know, yeah. sign off, and you go. Mate, that was on a pancake flat marathon or ultra. Everything was perfect, and you were pretty much turnkey go. Like, mm. comrades, 30k could be curtains. Yeah, mm. it's so different. And the elevation gain, as you say, you know, the, the flat marathons, like we most mostly try and target flat marathons to get good times, right? Yes. <laughs> it just doesn't happen in comrades. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's case in point across the field. Um, it's just really, you got to take in, and that's where things like time trials come into account, you know, um, but like you said, you can look at your standard distances and go, oh, I can work out my marathon time based on my half, you know, you can say, oh, times two plus six minutes, yeah, great, that's what it's kind of there and thereabouts going to be, yeah, pretty much could go through there, yeah, 21, you know, get your, your 10k times two plus, say, two minutes, yeah, most of the time it works out, but yeah. This is not something that you can, and I think we've kind of had this before, Wayne, where we've even got this, the numbers, right, of how many people have really hit the times two and a half. And, yeah, it's a bit wayward, um, especially on the down run. Um, Look, I think I think Katrina hit it on the head where she says, I don't worry about whoever's there and whatever. Oh, yeah, we, they're there. But, yeah, I don't focus on that. I focus on my goals. Mm. Um, if, if you've got a personal goal, you like like on a personal level, uh, guys, like I had six hours was my goal. I put in all the work. I knew I had my times and everything reflected that I could do it. Um, my coach looked at me and said, "You, you, six hours is well within your reach. You can do it." And whereas if if you spoke to me two years ago or, or a couple of years prior to that, and I'll say, "My goodness, it's a long way off," you know, but the form was showing me that I could get there. Now, obviously. Uh, I've got a training partner that I trained with, and he looked at me. He he's he's like ten minutes quicker than me over the marathon, and he looks at me and he says, "There's no way in the world he can come close to six hours in comrades." You tell me straight. You tell me he'd be struggling to, to run seven hours. It's just it's just too many variables involved in that. Um, but, but like you say, time as well. Yes, you know it's uh, not. That's why you get a lot of novices who go in, and yeah. like we always, Wayne and I always say, and I know Sandy previously. For your first run, and I wish somebody said this to me, when it was more real, it was about finishing. That was for me, was just go and finish. You can mm. come back the year after or the year after that and say, okay, we're going to give this a crack. And that's what I did for my third. The first time yeah. was my third when I was like, I am going to race, comrades. And it's head down, you're working hard, you're going. The first two were about survival. Um, but, and that's probably what, like to Murray, it's a different ball game. Murray's sitting there going, I've got a time I'm chasing, you know, instead of going, oh, I want to beat somebody. Katrina, you could win running a sub seven hour comrades, hypothetically. But <laughs> at the end of the day, your result, you're going there to compete and time is almost a secondary, right? Yeah, yeah so exactly. There's so many, so many variables that are different from you to Murray. You know, Murray's going, well, I'm not going to compete with the It's about me and really about me and beating that clock. But I suppose what we'd say to you early is kind of remove that pressure this early 
and kind of go, okay, let's do what we can control, like Katrina said, control the controllables, and then the time will come to you. Um, the comrades finisher with about 30 finishes said, your time will come to you. So no, the amount of training and the work and respect you pay to it, your time will come to you. And that is an accurate indication of how that build up went. So I always thought that was a good bit of advice is that you do everything you can and your time will come. Yeah, there's issues that you might have along the way. You know, what's another quick one. Oh, and another one I I'd always remember we had Sean Mickles on the show. So he's a previous winner. But Sean said it took him a number of years to get to get the formula right for comrades. So he didn't just go and smash it out, but you know, it took a number of years. And obviously eventually won it. But he showed that progression and how he got there. And he said he wished he knew all of that when he started, but it takes time to get there. Just like you, Murray. Murray, you you you've got a blank canvas. So what you put on that canvas, if you go out at four minute K's for comrades <laughs> and you go through halfway, uh, you, you know, it's your canvas. So you could either limp home or you could strategize and go, hang on, this is what I want to do. And get that, that's what Owen's saying, get that first one, the experience in it. So that you can, hang on, I've got this experience. This is where, now you're in Katrina's position. Katrina's got the one behind her. However, as Owen said, she's again a novice because she, she's going in the down you know, run. But I remember running up that hill up Polly's with Katrina saying to Katrina, forget about the pain and everything because your life, you, it's going to change. You'll never be the same. And and I'm sure now Katrina's obviously, you know, in, in looking at things and saying, hang on, this is a different ball game now because, you know, I knew what I faced in those first 40 Ks just climbing, uh, you know, up towards Peter Marisburg, whereas now it's going to be a, a different ball game. But essentially, she's written that part. And if she uses that, which I know, you know, obviously, Katrina's smart enough to know, hang on, uh, you know, this is what I need to get to. She, she's learned a hell of a lot from that first event. And that's why you you two, Murray, you in that, that blank canvas, which is, it's what you want to put on. And, that's, that that's, that, that's what's so interesting, I think, about comrades. And you feel it, especially as a novice, is that there's lots of generic advice about running half marathons or marathons. But comrades is such a specific challenge that there's just, you know, there's this very specific comrades advice. And then because it's been run for so long by so many people, there's all this accumulated wisdom too, which you can draw on. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And I can see why it, it just creates such loyalty and why people come, keep coming back to do it. And I think do what works for you too. Like that's what you're going to learn pretty quickly. So there's, there tends to be generic weekend long runs, right? And that's what happens everywhere in the world. Like groups will get together, do long runs for a marathon. But comrades specifically, you know, we've got ours here in Perth. If the call goes out and it's a 30K long run, and let's use you as an example, Murray, and you're sitting there going, well, actually, I've got 20Ks because it's a cutback week. Do your 20Ks. All right. It is such a selfish sport. And you really have to be true to yourself. You know, if you've got 20Ks or someone's written your plan that says 20Ks, trust that plan because the person running the 30 that day next week will do 20 and they'll trust their plan and do the 20 while you're going out to do 30. So, yeah, you'll quickly I, learn that there's actually, a lot of... I have another sort of novice point on this, actually. You're asking about challenges earlier and obviously there are a number of different challenges involved that I've been thinking about, but probably for me... The main one is the increased volume of running. 
So I've never really been a high volume runner. You know, running's always come after work and family for me. It's something I sort of fit in. Um, so I've never really run past, say, 65 to 70 kilometers a week, which is, you know, what I'm doing at the moment is a kind of foundation. Um, but obviously, moving forward, I want to be building that volume up. Um, so I was wondering, perhaps I'd throw that back to the panel, you know, as the kind of novice here, and I suspect there'd be others in my position. Any sort of advice for how to manage the increased volume as you go forward, apart from the sort of generic advice about, you know, not increasing by more than 10% a week. I mean, one small thing I've done already is previously I used to just sort of do park run on Saturday, long run on Sunday, and I've just started extending the Saturday run. So I'm getting used to doing two longer runs on the weekend back to back, although neither of them is particularly long at the moment. But I think asking about challenges, that that's my main challenge moving forward is, is how to manage the increased volume of running week after week as we get into the more intense training. So a good way that I kind of do it is increase the warm up and cool down. Um, so, you know, if you're doing a session on Tuesday, instead of it being some people do a kilometer, which I don't think is adequate. Um, I generally go all 15 minutes, right? So 15 minute warm up, 15 minute cool down is what I tend to get or um, I know people do up that to 20 minutes. So I know the deeper my training goes towards a marathon or even comrades, um, like Tina will write me, that changes from 15 to 20. So then there's an extra five minutes either side. And then if that's happening three times a week, so I do a session Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, that's an extra bit of time going into the warm-ups on those three days. All right. So, and what you've also, like Katrina said earlier, you've got to cut yourself some slack with splits and expectations. So, <laughs> you know, as the weeks are progressing and the loads are getting bigger, your aim is not hitting splits. You've got to look at what the objective is for that session. So if you started in week two doing five, four hundreds, and in 10 weeks time, you're doing 16, when you're doing 16, the aim is consistency, right? You're going, the 16 should be within a few seconds of each other. When you're doing the six, it's about going as hard as possible for those six, but again, consistency. So look at the variations in your expectations. Also, and can I please just emphasize this, make the easy days easy. And mm -hmm. it is a hard thing because running's become such a public everyone can see what you're doing type sport, but don't be ashamed that your easy run is slow <laughs> and really comfortable. Turn, like Katrina said again, or Wayne said, turn the splits off. If you've got an hour run, it's an hour, mate. And if you're feeling fatigued 50 or 40 minutes in, pull the pin. If it's normally five and a half minutes a K and today six minutes a K, six minutes a K, it's recovery because you're going to be going again tomorrow. And I think that's the biggest one is we're so beholden to the numbers. And, you know, when you're running a marathon, my easy run is five minutes a K. So everything's, well, training for marathons is different to training for an ultra, different to a 10K. So you have to cut yourself some slack. If your long run is over hills, it's going to be slower. Just again, cut yourself some slack. So that's probably my biggest advice is, um, yeah, add it in incrementally. So even if it's five minutes in the warm-up and cool-downs, and then before you know it, you've added in like 20 minutes to your week. Like that's a fair bit of increase and it's controlled as well. Um, and recovery, 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 recovery. <laughs> um, really focus on that as a, a thing all the way through. But that's for me. Um, the other guys will... Uh, let's try, Katrina, you go next. 
So just, I mean, I fully agree with what you're saying. Two very brief points. Um, one on the Strava point. Um, I am not on Strava. I'm not, I don't have a big enough opinion of myself that I think other people are following me on Strava and like analyzing my runs. I'm, I'm well aware that I'm just another runner on Strava, but I'm not on Strava because I don't want to compete with myself. I would, you know, I don't want to be doing my slow runs at a pace that I want other people, if they look at it, to go, oh, wow, she's going well, you know, like, so it's more so about me than other people. Um, so I fully agree with your, you know, run slowly. Like, there's, there are huge um, physiological benefits to running slowly, as well as recovery. There's actually, you know, a lot of science behind the benefits of building up your aerobic base um, in order to increase that anaerobic ability. So, um so it is beneficial even if it's really slow it's still training um one piece of advice that i might give is like cross training is also very beneficial if you don't want to overly load um you know if you want if you know you're running like consistently 65ks a week that's a lot of running that's not bad cross train like be on go on the bike the turbo is a great cross trainer it mightn't be your favorite but it is um, very beneficial and very transferable to running, um, as is the elliptical swimming. You know, like there are ways to increase your volume without running all the time. True, and you know, Mary, well, some an, an interesting, interesting one because I heard you saying there. Um, I know, especially with comrades, people have different formulas and um, different ways they sort of build the mileage. The one great tool. Um, I always recommend to anyone who's, who's new to comrades or who's trying to get, um, you know, sort of the best piece of advice um, from 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 somebody who knows what they're doing. And I'm sure you've heard of uh, Lindsay Perry, um, and and I respect um, his opinion and and so much that he says and, and the wealth of knowledge that he has. Um, if, if you look at at Lindsay's, he's, he's got a different way of doing things. Um, you know, he, he's more a time based person as opposed to a distance, you know, like you'll say, concentrate on doing a one-hour run as opposed to doing, you know, uh, going and doing a, a 12K run, that sort of thing. Um, so my advice would be, Lindsay's got great different uh, formulas of, of how to achieve that. Um, he's got different goals that you can meet and incrementally get there. We know, you know, like you mentioned, the 10% build and all that's important. But I think what he focuses is on about listening to your body and how you're going and obviously getting you there at the right point at the right time. Um, so he's got great novice, not just novice uh, accounts, but basically, uh, you know, to see where you're at personally or what your goals are. Like if you're a bill row and you're a silver medalist, a bill row and a bronze medalist, well, you know, he's got different packages that he can formulate um, that, that I know many people have ascribed to and, and actually sworn by and said, look, you know, he's sort of got the formula. That's great advice. And in fact, sitting on my desk is something, one of his resources right here, which I've been looking at. So, and I agree, it's really useful. There you go. Absolutely. And I, and I like I said, not just from, because I've got uh, some, some, you know, some good friends that have gone down the same road and said, hey, hang on, um, which is the best way to tackle it. Like, like me sitting here, I could say to you, look, you know, uh, a few different questions. Are you a consistent runner through the year or are you just specifically someone who's going to start in January? and go towards comrades, you know. So obviously that's what you've got to look at uh, specifically, whereas Lindsay's got that spot on, uh, you know, that, that sort of niche that says, okay, this is this is a great guide uh, to getting you there. So I think you, you're bang on. You're on the ball if you've got something from Lindsay in front of you. 
Um, we will lose Katrina soon, but so Mari, just before that, do you want to kind of go through and see what you want to focus on? Oh, I, well, I think um, I probably have touched on it already. Cool. Um, I mean, there, there are so many, partly because comrades are such a specific challenge and there's not generic advice available. It's all very specific to comrades. I think we've covered a lot of the key points about hills in particular, strength, um, nutrition, but the main point, which I, I sort of raised a moment ago, was was volume of running um, as a, the specific thing that I think I need to focus on. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was the main one I thought I was, I was going to raise. And I think we've already had some some great discussion on that. Yeah, I think Wayne made a good point with time based as well and specifically the slower in the field, um, because you've got to remember people have in their head, oh, I'm going to go and do 10 Ks. Now take the elapsed time of a 10K, potentially might end up being an hour and 20 minutes, you know, but in their head, the actual running time was an hour, but you're on your feet for an hour and 20 minutes. So take that into account, like use the elapsed time and, you know, we can go down another rabbit hole of rounding up runs and whatnot, <laughs> but that's where the time base comes in. You know, if you do 60 minutes and you get... 9.5 or 9.47 well it's 9.47 because you've stuck to the time base and it's just going to get yourself into that habit of working around but obviously there's a distance um relatable feature um for the training but kind of get into that habit of time on your feet um i know norrie williamson is a big um exponent for your long run and he needs to be a maximum of three and a half hours and he's like, body, you know, post four hour marathon doesn't need to be doing anything longer than a three and a half hour long run for comrades. And that's not based on distance because people would say, oh, yeah, three and a half hours. I did 60 Ks. No, your elapsed time was actually six hours and your run time was three and a half. So um, just think about your elapsed time. You're still on your feet for that time, right? You're standing up in the middle of your run. Um, all right. I think. Guys, that might be a good way to wrap it up. Uh, in February, we'll go through some qualifying stuff. We're going to touch on that, but uh, we can get around mm -hmm. to that in February. Um, <laughs> I suppose, yeah, just an early advance one is, you know, talking about chasing faster qualifying seedings now when yeah. it's only going to save you 10 <laughs> seconds on race day, but it's going to make you run 20 minutes well, faster. I'll tell you what, Owen, I'm actually looking forward to February's one because um, I'm keen to see how... Katrina goes down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad we resolved the fact that she's got a qualifier. That was yep. a, a good little thing that we solved off here, that she's sorted with the qualifier. Otherwise, I think Tarawera will be getting an email tomorrow saying, catch <laughs> you in 2024. Um, but no, I think this could be pretty exciting. So um, again, guys, thanks so much for putting yourselves out there. Um, enjoy the next month of training and mm -hmm. we'll come back one month closer so before you know it we're going to be talking about race day plans and we can Wee. come back to Katrina about that question again so <laughs> um, but yeah appreciate your time hope everyone out there enjoys listening to it happy training enjoy your next month of training be smart uh, be sensible as well um, it's not race day yet I and mean, not even near the meat of it as Wayne says so thanks That's guys it. thanks everyone thanks guys